You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Welcome back to the Storm Tracker Podcast, family. This is Marcus Benjamin and Frank Tucker representing the Crib, South Florida. Collectively, we represent CanesCounty.com, part of the Rivals.com network. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all channels and also subscribe to this YouTube channel live from Canes County. Most importantly, subscribe to the website, CanesCounty.com. Use the promo code Miami30. You see that scrolling on the bottom there. And Frank, Frank, Frank. We got a quarterback. We got a quarterback. And it came it came to a surprise as far as the timing is concerned, and especially since Cam Ward declared for the NFL. But the University of Miami Hurricanes football program staff, Cristobal, and the boys were able to get Cam Ward from the NFL, I guess you could say, back to college football to possibly be the signal, signal caller. For the Hurricanes here in 2024, maybe no possibly. he. I, I think you could just go ahead and say he's going to win the job and be the starter. What was your first reaction when you saw the news Saturday night? You and I spoke, actually, like right after it happened. Like we couldn't believe that it happened the way it happened. I, I don't think that we're shocked that it happened uh, because, you know, everybody, including us, was talking about he hasn't officially declared for the NFL draft. He hadn't put himself in the NFL draft, and it seems like it was a play to ramp the money up a little bit uh, for him with the college prospects, right? Like, like if it was Florida State or a Miami or an Ohio State, he was trying to push the money up uh, so that it was comparable to what the NFL money is. You hear the rumors that he was a like a like a second to third to maybe even a fourth round draft pick, um, which that approximately could have been around $2 million per year. So the, you know, the, the rumor number was that Miami was, wasn't going to budge on getting close to that $2 million number uh, and, and that he was trying to get a little bit closer to there. So there's some, there were some negotiation tactics that I felt like were being played, especially with that NFL draft threat uh, is what we could basically call it now. Um, and, sure. and I think, I think that it was shocking because things had, were so far away from the visit. Right. Like it wasn't that recent that he had, was in Miami. And we had heard that it was pretty much like the trigger was supposed to be pulled that week after or the week after that. And, and we constantly heard like it's about to happen. It's about to happen. And it didn't. Right. There were we heard that there were about three different times where there was an agreed upon deal in place, basically, between Cam Ward and the University of Miami. And things things didn't come to fruition from what I understand from the Ward side. And, and finally he came back to the table and, and decided that it was in his best interest to come to the University of Miami and improve his draft stock. You know, he did an interview and, and say that, you know, he felt like one more year and he felt like he could be a potential first-round draft pick uh, in that 2025 NFL draft with a good year at the University of Miami. So um, I don't think we were shocked. Uh, just shocked at the timing. Shocked that, yeah. you know, the, the bat signal came out, like, really close to the announcement. Uh, shocked at like the day that it happened. Like usually like Miami is very strategic with how they drop their commitments. And this one felt yeah. like an agreement happened and they were just like, let's do it. Right. Right. Exactly. You might as well strike when the iron is hot. <laughs> I guess it was on that Saturday night. And especially with it cooling off in, in, in the, in the weeks after the visit, just like you said, 
I don't think anybody was counting this situation out, but I don't think anybody was also predicting that it was happening when it did. When it first happened for me, I'm just like, damn, hurricanes for real, right, right during a basketball game. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know me, I'm covering everything. I'm like, I'm covering a basketball game. And the same thing happened last night, by the way. But we'll get to that. I'm just like, you don't know, like, the same, almost the same guys kind of cover the same sports. I mean, spread it out a little bit. You know, think about us, the reporters, a little bit. I mean, with dropping these commitments in the middle of, of basketball games. I mean, they don't play games every day. Choose a day that they don't play. But anyways, when I, when I saw it, it, it just – it was shocking, but then it was like, wow, okay. So in my mind, this is how it played out in my mind. Like Ward was like, you know what? It, there might be a situation where I am like maybe a late, late, late round pick, you know, especially with this draft class, which is probably the best in, I don't know, a long, long time. Cause there's a bunch of great quarterbacks in this draft class. And he thought to himself, you know what? I could play another year in sunny South Florida. Last year, last couple of years, I played it in rainy Pullum, Pullman. Uh, and, and I could just be in, in paradise and and earn probably some a good amount of NIL money, maybe comparable to what I would have earned on a on a on a rookie deal, possibly, and maybe up my draft stock for the following year. And because next year, if yeah, if he balls out, he he potentially could be a top 10 pick. So I think he just kind of weighed those options out and he kind of thought about it for a while and was like, you know what? You know, being a hurricane is, is the place to go. And I, I think he is going to be a difference maker uh, for the Miami Hurricanes. So that was my first reaction to the whole thing. And then I started thinking about it from, from a football perspective. I'm just like, wow. So Miami has a quarterback that's legit now. Uh, the last time they pulled in a transfer of this magnitude was De'Ara King. And I think Ward is better by far than De'Ara King, especially as a passer. And then I thought about the last time Miami won 10 games. That was Malik Rozier. And Malik Rozier, you know, great quarterback, loved him as a hurricane, during, especially during that season. Uh, but Cam Ward, definitely better as a passer than Malik Rozier. So it, it just, it, 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 I can't help to think about the potential of Cam Ward in this 2024 season, especially with the playoff coming up. And you could say a, a, a somewhat of a rebuilding uh, team in FSU and Clemson, you know, trying to, you know, figure out their situations as well. Do you think this addition of Ward makes Miami a playoff team is what people really want to know? What say you? I have been pretty adamant that Miami is a borderline playoff team with the right quarterback in place. Uh, this year, they could have been 8-9-10 win team but Tyler Van Dyke at the helm, right? There was just a few plays that if it swung in their direction, this is a double-digit win team in Coral Gables in 2023. I think with the potential of what Cam Ward is as a passer, his mobility that he brings to the table, uh, we know what he's done in an air raid, similar type offense at Washington State. Now, it wasn't, you know, the Mike Leach offense that was there prior, but it was still, you know, a Pac-12, high-octane passing attack uh, that, 
I feel Shannon Dawson wants to bring to the table. And I feel like a lot of the things that Shannon Dawson wants to do with having the quarterback actually being a run threat in the RPO game, those things can now be put into place. I mean, we, we heard him talk about at the end of the year with Tyler Van Dyke, what, what, what do you want in this offense? Like, what, like, what do you want me to take out? What is not working? And the one thing that Tyler Van Dyke asked to take out was what? The run stuff. Like, I don't want to be a run guy. I don't want the option to run. Just tell me where I'm throwing the ball. So I think that the, the misdirection, you know, the, the RPO aspect of this offense can now be utilized that we didn't really see this year. And, and I think that it's going to open things up, not only in the passing game, but also the run game that was solid for most of the season. We can actually see what Mark Fletcher can do when he isn't going against a loaded box. We can actually see what Jordan Lyle can do as a true freshman on, on solid carries. A.J. Allen, Henry Parrish, all these guys I feel like are going to have an even better year because of the legs of what Cam Ward brings to the table. Not saying that he's a dual-threat quarterback, but his mobility that he brings to the table I think is going to take this offense to another level. And I think that other level is Miami – that the the next level for Miami is pushing for a potential playoff stop, spot. So I, I think Miami's there. I, I think the offensive line is in place despite the loss of Matt Lee and Javion Cohen. I think that they have suitable replacements for both of those guys. Um, on the defensive line, you went and grabbed two guys out of the transfer portal with like eight blue chip guys along the defensive line. You're going to be loaded along that side. I mean, on that side of the deep, on that part of the defense, the linebacker core pretty much comes back with Kiko Malanoa, Wesley, uh, Besaint, and, and, you know, a litany of other young guys that are, you know, high potential players. And then you have completely retooled the defensive backfield uh, with two transfers that came in that were highly touted in the transfer portal, a five-star signee in Zaquan Patterson, three three guys with experience at corner coming back and a couple of other pieces at safety that can be contributing guys as well. And not, and not even mentioning that. Yeah. Lost right for a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I, it's hard to find a particular weakness on, on this Miami Hurricanes football team. And, and those who are not Miami Hurricanes fans that are watching this are, are going to consider that a homer statement. But it, it's hard to imagine that this team is not going to compete for a playoff spot, given the talent that you have. And if you're watching these highlights like I am, I'm just like, wow, this kid can make plays off script. He can make you know, um, every throw, he can run for first downs. I mean, I think part of the what we were missing uh, last season is really those elements uh, from quarterback play, making off script uh, type of throws. I mean, there, there's many throws in the highlight where he's making throws off of his back foot uh, because of the pressure that's coming through. And Miami's offensive line is worlds better than what Washington State's was last year. And I anticipate that it's going to be a good offensive line again in 2024. So he's going to be working with more. So I, I think Ward has a chance to, to make the Miami Hurricanes a legitimate playoff contender. And it's easier to say that, obviously, with a 12-team playoff. 
uh, four, I might, I, I wouldn't be saying that, but definitely with 12 teams, I think Miami definitely has a really, really good shot uh, to make it to the playoff. Question I have for you, Frank, though, is let's just kind of project into the future here. Cam Ward will be the best quarterback, best Miami Hurricane quarterback since? Since Ja'Cory Harris, and I think he can be better. And I know people are like, Ja'Cory Harris, like, people don't remember, like, Ja'Cory Harris was a really good player at Miami, and there were times where Miami was a national championship contender during his time at Miami. Like, if he didn't play with, what was it, like four offensive coordinators, we could have been looking for a, looking at a guy who could have truly contended for the Heisman. I do think that his game was even a little bit – it was a more of a futuristic game than what was college football even at the time. And I, and I know that the spread offense was already being utilized and things of that nature. But, he, you know, he was an athletic guy who didn't love to run but had good mobility. He loved the vertical passing game. And I think with more consistency, he could have been very good. And I think that Cam Ward's going to be the best guy for Miami since him. And I think that – I know people are going to want to say, like, Ken Dorsey and stuff like that. I don't necessarily know if Cam Ward's going to win a natty, right? But I do <laughs> think that he's going to have us in contention to be a top-10 team in college football. And we haven't consistently seen that, in my opinion – since Miami was with Ja'Cory Harris. Like, he, we were consistently ranked with Ja'Cory Harris. He, he was a solid winning quarterback. He, and I think, that would be better than, I think he was better than Brad Kaya, who I think that Cam Ward will be better than at the University of Miami. I think he would be – I think Cam Ward's going to be better than what Stephen Morris was at the University of Miami. Uh, so, you know, I, I think in the past, he's he probably – he has the potential to be the best – to have the best quarterback season for Miami – Maybe ever, because we've never seen a 4,000-yard passer in the history of the University of Miami. And if you get into the college football playoff, you're looking at at least 14 games, potentially 15, depending on how far you get into the playoff, especially with an expanded playoff. So I, I, I love the potential of what he's going he's gonna to provide the Miami offense this year. And I think it's going to be the best quarterback in that minimum of a decade and potentially even more than that. Yeah, I, I think you have a legitimate – I hate to call him a dual threat, but on the field, he legitimately will be a threat running the football and throwing the football. And that's something – the combination, that's something that we probably haven't seen ever as far as, like, the combination of, of the two. Because, I mean, yeah, Derek King, he's a great player. Um, but I don't think he, he's, he's, he's the passer or has the durability um, just based on seasons played as a Cam Ward. And then, you know, like I said, with Rogier, Ward, definitely a better passer. Um, Ward, definitely a better runner uh, than Ja'Cory Harris. Definitely a better runner than Stephen Morris. And, you know, if you go further, I mean, I, I can't think of any other quarterback further than that. Uh, besides Ryan Collins, that was actually even a running running threat at all uh, for the Miami Hurricanes. So, so yeah, I, I'm really excited uh, to see what he does in spring. Uh, let's see, you know, how he uh, plays and 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 if he is able to develop some chemistry with the receivers quickly, uh, because you know that of course is part of the game here. And and who is going to be that number one receiver? You know, I think Miami 
should still be in a market for a number one big play receiver. There's some out there in the transfer portal, especially with Kobe Young gone. Not so sure if Isaiah Horton is going to be legitimately the guy. I'm high on him, but I'm just not absolutely sure about him. You, you, you're solid with, with Jacoby George and um, Xavier Restrepo, obviously, with some solid backups, uh, especially for the slot position. But I think at receiver, uh, are we going to see some of these young guys kind of step in and, and, and make some noise automatically with JoJo and, and Chance and some of the guys already on the roster with, with uh, Ray Ray and, and uh, Robbie Washington? Um, so I, I think another receiver definitely probably pushes this team even further with a Cam Ward. But let's talk about the most recent transfer. We got Mishael. Powell, who transfers from Washington, and many think that this guy's going to jump in and just like Ward, be be a starter. This was a position of concern of concern for for us and for many, as far as the safety position, defensive back, maybe overall. And I think Powell is just what the doctor ordered for this Hurricane football program. What do you what? are the chances that you think he he starts right out of the, right out of the gate? Oh, I think he starts right out of the gate. The question is where uh, he did play over 400 snaps in the slot last season. So Miami is going to need to fill that nickel spot. And, and we got to see if who's going to, who's going to fill it. Cause in, in this, in, in every defense, when you look at that nickel spot, that's gotta be the smartest player in the field. That's gotta be the guy that can play both a corner and a safety type role. And, and I think that, I think that he can do that. He can feel that he did that. Uh, like, if you watch a lot of his plays, his big plays at Washington this season, the interception at Oregon, uh, the, the pick six against Arizona State, they're all plays that are made underneath, right? He, he's, he, he's attacking the ball as an underneath defender. And I think that at either at that strong safety position, that second safety spot, uh, or, or as a nickel guy, I think he provides the most value because – you're going to need a buffer probably for the beginning of the season for Zaquan Patterson. I don't think it's fair to expect him to just jump in as a starting strong safety from day one. I think that he has the potential to do that, but there's definitely an acclimation to the college game that's going to be needed to play that strong safety role, especially when he's going into cover two uh, type settings and, and, and jumping in as a guy who is forced to be covering, you know, guys in man coverage in the slot potentially. Um, uh, all those things are going to take some time for him to get used to playing at the highest level. These are grown men that he's going against, especially with, you know, the, 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 the COVID type extension that you get from some of these guys. You got guys as old as 24 years old that he's going to be playing against. So I think there's going to be some time needed for Zaquan to acclimate to that safety spot before he truly gets into the rotation as potentially a starter. And I think that this is the, the, the addition that was needed right there, right? Mishael Powell is a versatile guy. He played literally 47 snaps on the defensive line last year. He can do almost anything on the defense. Uh, he's a tackler. He had about 100 career tackles at Washington, three interceptions. Uh, you know, started out as a special teams guy, uh, as a former walk-on. It was a high academic guy, so you know that he's going to be able to play every position on the back end of this defense while understanding the playbook. He's proven to be a guy that has been able to mold himself from a cor outside corner 
to a safety, to a nickel, playing a little bit of it, you know, as a, as a cover backer, blitzing off the edge as, as you know, on, on passing downs, uh, as a pass rusher. He, he's able to do so many different things. So I don't know necessarily know if we can put him in the box. It's just, hey, it, it's a safety, and, and we're going to have Savion Riley, and we're going to have Mishael Powell. I think that he's going to be a guy that they just move all over this defense. And the role that I envision is the future role of Dylan Day. Uh, that That's what I think that they're going to try to turn Dylan Day into is what Mishael Powell is. A guy who can play all over the back end of this defense. Uh, and Ryan Mack could be a guy that does just that as well. We saw Ryan Mack play some safety early on at St. Thomas Aquinas. We've seen him play nickel especially in seven-on-seven seven settings. And now we've, we've watched him thrive as an outside guy at corner as well. So I, I love what Miami's doing in regards to adding defensive back talent. They're not just adding guys that are cover corners. They're not just adding guys that are free safeties. They're not just adding guys that you know are a strong safety prospect. They're adding guys with versatile skill sets that can cross-train at multiple positions. And that's what Mishael Powell is. So that's why it's such a big addition because – Injuries happen. Attrition happens in college football. We see it on a yearly basis. Right now, you got three experienced guys at that corner spot. You only have one guy outside of Powell that's really played safety at a at an experienced level, and that's Savion Riley, who wasn't always a starter at Vanderbilt. He's going to have to play. He's going to have to wear so many different hats at Miami because guys either aren't going to be ready, guys get hurt, or there's just going to be a need because of the game plan that week. And I think that he, that's what he's going to be. He's going to be the jack of all trades for this Miami defense in 2024. Excited to see him on the field and see what kind of impact he makes. I just played that 89-yard touchdown. I mean, those are the type of game-changing plays that you like to see from your DB. But uh, the transfer portal has closed, uh, you know, so to speak, even though, you know, players are still going into the portal. Some players are still... Uh, committing to to schools or whatnot, um, but with the additions of all these players, you're you're gonna have to make room, right? <laughs> it almost seems like you know we're we're over rostered um, at this point, and I expect more players to leave the University of Miami football program. That's just kind of the nature of the game nowadays. But before we get into who's going to exit the program, who are you most disappointed that did not transfer to the Miami program this this uh, window? Yeah, I think Miami hit on all their targets from from the jump, right? Uh, except for you know, I think that there were some defensive line targets that they might be maybe had interest in that went another way, but they ended up getting what they wanted to out of the out of the you know the three guys that they added along the defensive line. A guy that I would have loved to see in the orange and green would have been Isaiah Bond, uh, who left Alabama, was a productive player, former big-time prospect. Miami needs that longer receiver, right? Um, I don't think that's Bond. He's closer to 5'11", probably 175 pounds, but I think he could have been an explosive outside threat along with with Jacoby George and an Xavier Restrepo to where Cam Ward would have been able to throw the ball all over the yard to three guys that are potential NFL prospects. And Isaiah Bond probably being the, you know, the biggest NFL prospect of that trio. And, and I think that with what he was able to do at Alabama with Jalen Milrow, who I think Jalen Milrow is a really good football player. But I think that Jalen Milrow is not as good of a passer as Cam Ward. And I think that Alabama's offense is definitely centered around 
you know, being balanced rather than just being passing base. And I think that Miami is going to be very much passing base this year uh, with Cam Ward at the helm. And I think that he could have been a thousand yard receiver. They could have potentially had 3,000-yard receivers if they had like an Isaiah Bond, a Jacoby George, and an Xavier Strepo, especially with the lack of tight end usage in this offense. So he's a guy that I would have loved to see at Miami. I know there was really never any traction there. He never visited, and it never really seemed like he was a target, especially after he came out. Um, But he was was a guy like as soon as he entered the portal, you know, when Saban retired, I was like, yeah, that's the guy I I think could completely – help this offense get to that next level along with the Cam Ward. Um, another guy who didn't enter the portal that I think would have been a great addition was Shamar Stewart. How great of a story would it have been if Shamar yeah. Stewart left Texas A&M with Walter Nolan and Evan Stewart and, and, and all these guys who left Aggieland and he came home at a position of need because Miami was looking for a veteran pass rusher, right? And they ended up finding that. Right, but he wasn't like there wasn't a six six two hundred eighty pound athletic pass rusher, and I know Shamar hasn't exactly lived up to the billing of being the number one prospect in the country, but he's still a good player. He's a guy who got a sack against Miami. He's a guy who is still a, a high end NFL prospect. Uh, I think that under Jason Taylor and in the scheme, which is the Lance Gidry offense, Miami could have really turned him into a player that he should be right now and i wish that was a guy that ended up entering the portal and coming to miami because i felt you know i i kind of talked about it early on in the transfer portal process that was a guy i kind of pinpointed as somebody who i felt was going to end up in the portal and miami was going to yeah. be flirting with as an option and it just didn't come to fruition and you know and i think things happen for a reason miami's going to be really good at the defensive end spot overall you got so much talent coming back uh you bring in an influx of, of that freshman uh, you know, blue chip uh, wave of talent, um, and and you know they're gonna they're gonna be really good in the pass rush category. I just think Shamar would have been a guy to really really make things interesting, just because of the story that it would have been spurred. Miami yeah. ends up coming home. Yeah, um, same type of story for me. Jacory Brooks, man, can you imagine if Jacory Brooks would have came back to Miami? I mean, you and I, we watched Jacory Brooks. For a long time, since he was a freshman at Booker T balling, and he didn't his his career didn't turn out as well as we thought it was going to be at Alabama. But I think if he would have came back to Miami under the toolage of a Kevin Beard, just like how Jacoby George, you know, ascended last year, I, I think that, that would have been a nice a nice addition to this receiving core, especially with you know players uh, on the receiving core departing. Um, I, I think that would have been a really nice addition. I was disappointed to really kind of see Ja'Cory Brooks, the former Booker T and IMG Academy player, uh, go to Louisville. So uh, that that's, that was the one big, big disappointment for me. And another one is Earl Little Jr., man. Uh, I think that that position could have used some depth, like younger depth, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and I think an addition – like that would have been great, not only because he's a legacy player, but he's just a technically sound defensive back. And it would have continued this pipeline that you already have going from American Heritage uh, Plantation to Miami. So 
the, those are probably the two most disappointing. And to see both of those players uh, that I mentioned go to ACC opponents with uh, Ja'Cory Brooks going to Louisville and Earl Little Jr. going to Florida State. Although I kind of understand, you know, going back to your uh, high school coach in Patrick Sertan over there as a defensive backs coach, I see the fit there. But those are the two most most disappointing, I guess, players that I saw go into the transfer portal and just kind of vanish to go uh, to other schools. But as far as on the team, Frank, well, what players do you think will be exiting uh, from the program or or just – Actually, let me just throw out some players. Do you think this player will stay or not? Keontre Smith. Do you think this uh, Keontre Smith is going to be a Miami Hurricane in 2024? Yeah, I'm surprised he's still on the roster, especially after his complete evaporation of playing time after that personal foul penalty. I think it was in the Florida State game. Uh, I I don't think that he's going to be a guy that's on the roster for very long. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Me either. Um, what about Robert Stafford? I mean, there was a lot of hype of him and his recruitment. Um, you know, seems like he needs some time to develop. Do you think he stays on the roster or, or exits once the next window opens? I still think there's a need for Robert Stafford. There, there's not a lot of top end corners right now on the roster, right? You got Daryl Porter, you, you got Damari Brown and you got your, you know, Jadias Richard who I think can fill that corner spot admirably. Like, like those are three really good players. But we saw last year, both guys went down, you know, at different points throughout the year. We saw injuries happen, uh, like we have every single season as, as Miami Hurricane guys. And I think that, you know, another year of development at the position, he's still a guy that, is, you know, late transition to the defensive back spot in high school. He was a Jamila Dye evaluation that he was high on. I think that he sticks it out with Miami, and I think that he still has potential to be a good player. As long as he stays healthy, and I think that this spring is going to be a big, big time of development for him, as long as he continues to get better and better understand the defense, get better as a true corner, I think that he has the potential to eventually be a guy that can push for playing time in that Miami defense backfield. Good to hear. And lastly, uh, I don't want to mention this player because I don't want to put that kind of stuff out there, but there has been talk about this. Damari Brown, like, do you think he stays as a Miami Hurricane? I do. I do. I think that there was a chance for him to leave the portal, I mean, leave to the portal right before the deadline, same as his brother. And obviously those rumors came up because his brother was leaving. Um and obviously his high school coach, Patrick Sertan, is at Florida State. Well, the benefit I think that Miami has right now, because I don't think Florida State was the second team for him when it was time for him to, to sign out of high school. I think it was Alabama, right? And I think the potential to play under Nick Saban and, and, and T-Rob, who was a defensive back coach, was what's what was almost pulling him away from Miami around signing day. Now you have no Nick Saban in Alabama. And now you have no T-Rob at Alabama any longer. I don't think that Georgia was a fan of, of, of Damari Brown when it came time for him to be recruited. And I don't think that Florida State has a need at cornerback right now. So I think that I think that he's he's going to stick with Miami. I think that he, he's he's here for the long run. I think that everything that, you know, might have been an issue could have, you know, was probably resolved. And I think that he's going to stick it out and stay home. 
He's going to be a starter this year, most likely. He's going to be one of the better defensive players on the team, in my opinion. He's going to take another jump up. We know how good he was his senior year at American Heritage, uh, and, and we knew the potential from even before that. So he's one of the best corners I've evaluated in South Florida in a long time, and I think that he's a player that Miami is banking on. And that's why, that for that reason, I think he knows the value he has here in Coral Gables, and I don't think that he leaves to the transfer portal anytime soon. Another good one to hear there. And uh, any other players for you that, that you, you know, possibly you think might exit? Uh, I think you got to watch for Henry Parrish still, right, after the spring. Really? Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, kind of heard that early, but it kind of died down. Yeah, it, it died down. His running back coach is still at Ole Miss. Um, that, you know, they did lose their running back uh, in Quinchon Judkins. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, there is potential for him to not be the starter this season and heading into the spring. If Mark Fletcher is healthy, which I haven't heard much about, don't know about you, uh, it's been pretty quiet on that end. I think Mark Fletcher is the starter. And I think that A.J. Allen is, is a guy who is an explosive talent that is going to see more touches this year for Miami. And I and you and I both think that Jordan Lyle was one of the best additions in this 2024 class. If he's the third guy in this in this backfield, or if he's sharing touches as the you know co-second, how is that going to help him with the NFL draft? Right? Because it, it, it's it's nearing that time where his eligibility is coming up. Right? Like it's yeah. almost the show is almost done. Right? And I think that there's definitely going to be people in his ear when that spring window comes around for the transfer portal to open back up. He's a guy that I wouldn't be shocked to see leave for the transfer portal. When when I think about the running back room, though, the 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 name that comes to mind for me is Chris Johnson Jr. Only because you got a Jordan Lyle coming up right behind him, um, and then you have a potential, you know, Chris Wheatley Humphrey there as well. Uh, AJ Allen, uh, you could say, of course, is in front of him on the depth chart along with. Uh, Parrish and Fletcher, so that that's the player for me that I would I would think may consider going into uh, the transfer portal from that room. Um, but we'll see what happens. There, there's a lot of things that that will come to fruition uh, during the next window in the spring. So uh, for now, it, it seems like the the team is going to be as is going into spring unless they add another receiver, which they are still looking to possibly add. But let's talk a little 2025 class, as we always do here, here at the crib. Chris Ewald has decommitted from Michigan. Miami has, you know, has, has been recruiting Chris Ewald since, you know, he became a highly uh, touted prospect. What's your, what's your opinion on his recruitment now that he's now officially decommitted? Oh, Miami's deep in this race. This is this is one where Mario Cristobal has put his personal stamp on this situation. And we saw the same thing happen with Zaquan Patterson, right? Uh, you know, we, we saw Mario take a personal approach along with, you know, Dennis Smith, you know, the, the, the chief of staff, essentially, um, with the sprinkle of Jamila Dye um, after the exit of Demarcus Van Dyke. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, this is going to be a really interesting one. I don't think that they're going to rush this decision anytime soon, but listen, 
Harbaugh probably going to the Chargers. Uh, you know, some changes happening at Alabama, which is a school that I'm, you know, where T. Rob was at that they had interest in. Um, I think that this could be a, a Florida State, you, you Georgia. Think that's the reason why he he left is because of Harbaugh entertaining these NFL jobs. Yeah, I think he was committed. I think he committed really early on in the process, right? He was a young commit at Michigan that they took, um, and, and I think that you know sometimes you got to reevaluate your options, right? Yeah. There's a lot of changes happening at Michigan, and I think that there's uncertainty with some of the guys that are currently on staff. Those guys could potentially take other jobs, right? Some of those guys could make the move to the NFL with Harbaugh. Right. Do you want to be stuck in a situation where you don't know what's going to happen, uh, where you're committed? Yes, they won the national championship. But is Michigan going to re- repeat? Doesn't look likely. You saw a lot of exits from that team to the NFL draft. You didn't see a lot of additions to the trans- from the transfer portal, right? especially at the quarterback position. I think that I think that Michigan's probably going to be on the outside looking in from this one in my position that I see it. Uh, I think that it's going to be a Miami, Georgia, Florida State battle. I think that, you know, listen, it's going to be a race between those three, those three schools. It's going to be Mario Cristobal versus T-Rob and Dante and Dante Jackson. I think that the new defensive back coach's name, uh, he was, or Dante Williams. I'm sorry. Dante Williams. He was a former defensive back coach at USC that is now at, um, that is now at uh, Georgia. And then I think that Florida State's definitely going to be a factor in this. He's got a lot of friends over there. Uh, you know, there's, you know, multiple kids that were DEFCON defensive backs. Uh, you know, he knows Conrad Hussey. He knows Edwin, you know, Edwin Joseph. Uh, you know, th- there's familiarity there. He went to multiple Florida State games last year. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be a three-way race uh, with Michigan still being a factor. But really, Miami has a chance to make Chaminade a total pipeline, right? Like he's going to be the biggest prospect in this 2025 class at Chaminade this season. And if they can finally grab the top guy out of Chaminade, that would be a, a major thing because you were able to grab the second and third biggest prospects out of Chaminade this year. And if you can make it because Ewald's a borderline five-star prospect right now, he's in the top 25. Uh, he's a third ranked corner in the country. If you can grab three five stars out of Chaminade Madonna, in two consecutive classes, I feel like that's going to help you get to that level where Miami wants to be at. You want to win national championships? You got to grab kids from national cha- from state championship winning teams and high school programs that are contending for national championships, and that's what Chaminade Madonna is. And uh, I think that Miami, if I had to make a prediction, I think he ends up staying home, especially after yeah. the decommitment from Michigan. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But still a long way to go in his recruitment. And uh, CanesCounty.com will continue to bring you recruiting coverage, especially next weekend. We've got Junior Day coming up. We've got Battle Miami. So plenty, plenty of news will be coming out of that weekend. Make sure you visit CanesCounty.com and become a subscriber for free. Use the promo code Miami30. Also, Subscribe to this YouTube channel live from Kane's County and subscribe to this podcast on all platforms. That's going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast at the crib. See you next week. See you for the next episode.